Christmas Good Day morning. Back. <laughs> I love it. I love how responsive responsive this audience is. It's, it's amazing. How's everyone doing today? Yay. Hey, I like it. Well, this is our annual festival of carols that we get to do once a year, and it involves you. For those of you who haven't been with us, it's a chance for us to travel through the Christmas story in Scripture and sing songs uh, that, that journey us through that story. There's only one song that sits in the vein of being on the bigger, louder side, and that's the one we start with, so don't let it scare you. The rest of it is very contemplative and soft. So if there's a moment where you're a little concerned about sound volume, it's only going to happen in the first song, okay? Um, But you're going to like it. And it's one that every year I've thought about removing because we've done it every year. But Dusty loves it so much. And I don't know if you all have met Dusty, but Dusty, whatever he says goes. He's that quiet type. You know, you know the people that are always telling you what to do and you're like, ah, I'm good. This guy, he doesn't say much, but he carries a lot of weight and he's such a good guy. So we're going to do it on behalf of him. It's a song called Angels We Have Heard on High. You guys remember this? We do it and it's kind of radical. So if you want to stand, this is your chance to stand. If you want to sit, that's fine too, but it might bring you to your feet. And it goes like this. Comfort, O comfort, my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her term, that her penalty is paid, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries out, In the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord, Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. 
Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all people shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Christmas carols. Amen? Amen. Thanks for being here. Uh, For the people on podcast, this is December 5th, 2021. It's the second week of Advent. It's also a communion service, so if you're listening, have your elements ready. I got a couple announcements for us. One of them is um, the jam this Tuesday. Troy is going to be leading it and inviting everybody. If you're, if after this Sunday, you want to sing some more Christmas carols? Come on out Tuesday at 7 p.m. up in the student ministries, like wing up there, up in the room, and we'll be singing Christmas carols. It'll be uh, playing Christmas carols and singing Christmas carols. I, I'm going to be there. Hopefully you can be there. Family affair right after this service. We're going to be having chicken soup and uh, enjoying some music. Next week, we have Dance for Joy Ministries. Uh, they're going to be doing the offertory and dancing around. And uh, also we have a joint meeting of deacons and elders directly after the service. And also during the service, we're going to ordain and install some new elders and deacons. That sounds like a full Sunday, right? Okay. 
And then, uh, yes, I had an email the other day. Are we going to have Christmas Eve services around here? Uh, yes. Uh, that's the reason we... Yes, yes. And a resounding, everybody say yes. One, two, three. Yes. Yes, we're having Christmas Eve services. Yeah, that's kind of... This is like our, you know, New Year's Eve or this is like our Super Bowl, maybe. I don't know. Um, we got a four o'clock service, family service. And then last year during the pandemic, we did a, we did a worship service. No mics, nothing. We just sang some Christmas carols, read some uh, um, Christmas story. And then sing some more Christmas carols, and then we had cocoa. And we're going to move that inside. It's just going to be a little a brief service of singing some Christmas carols, reminding ourselves of the Christmas story. So, um, yeah, you can go to both services if you're not sung out. You know, if you're, you're not tired of gathering, if you're not tired of the person you're right to your left, you can come back, and you'll go to the 4 o'clock and 8 o'clock. Yeah, is that what I said? Did I say 6 I didn't say a time. Okay. As our call to worship, I'm actually going to invite Mike Chase and his, his young ones up to the Advent, and they're going to light our second Advent candle, which is the candle of peace, shalom, wholeness, home. Probably don't. Oh, yeah, I really don't need this thing, but I'll use it. Hi, we're the Chase clan. And these four are unmistakably mine. We've been, uh, we were welcomed, warmly welcomed here about a year and a half ago, I'm thinking. God, it seems longer than that. Uh, But we've been part of the family of God since before the foundations of the earth, just like you guys. Um, The ancient Hebrew concept of peace, rooted in the word shalom, means wholeness, completeness, soundness, health safety, and prosperity, carrying with it the implication of permanence. We light this candle, the candle of peace, as a sign of the coming light of Christ, as the Lord has promised in the days to come. Candle of peace. This is the last time we get to do this, huh? <laughs> we have a lot of fun. <laughs> Talk about peace? What? Uh, the wolf shall, <laughs> pardon for all you guys are wearing headsets or whatever too, gosh, that's got to be horrible. Uh, the wolf shall lie down or shall dwell with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the kid. The calf and the lion and the fatling will lie down together. And the little child shall lead them. <laughs> Let us worship Jesus Christ who gives us peace beyond understanding. Children and uh, students can be dismissed. Now in the sixth month, of Elizabeth's pregnancy. Children made noise out the way out the door. You didn't even know that was in the Bible, did you? (laughs) See? Got you there. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth. That was a town in Galilee. To a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, You who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Now Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. In fact, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end.
whose forms are bending low, who toil along the climbing way with painful steps and Gathered here in the house of the Lord, we now come to a time of prayer for the coming of Christ's realm. Pray with me. Gracious God, as we gather together in this season of Advent, we are getting ready for Christmas, but sometimes we neglect to get ready to receive the Christ of Christmas into our lives. May we now lay aside the frenzied whirlwind of activities to once again hear your still, small voice. Give grace to all who proclaim the gospel through word and sacrament and deeds of mercy, that by their teaching and example, they may reveal your love for all people and all will know that the Christ has come. We pray for our world. Make a way in the wilderness of the world. Bring justice and equality to every land and neighborhood, and let all know your saving love. We pray for peace, peace in our world, in our lives, in our hearts. We pray for our nation and the world as another strain of COVID has been detected. Pray for protection from further infection. We pray for health and well-being for all. We pray for our homes, our families, and friends near and far. In this holiday season, there is so much need in our world, with many people facing numerous challenges. In this time of goodwill, Make us aware of how we can best help others. Help us to comfort, encourage, and strengthen others as we minister in Christ's name. When we are confronted with poverty, give us courage to act. When we are aware of the lonely, let us be quick to provide comfort and companionship. When others face death, May our presence bring courage and strength. When pain hinders movement, give us compassion. Grant healing to all who are sick and afflicted, and contentment to all who are troubled. Heal hearts that are broken. Bring us to those who need us, so that you may be seen through our actions. As every household has its needs and every person some weakness, hear now the silent prayers of all your people. O God, you created us for your glory and service. And in Jesus Christ, you came among us as a light shining in the darkness. 
We confess that we have not welcomed that light or trusted the good news to be good or for us. We have closed our eyes to the glory in our midst, expecting little, hoping for less. Open our eyes, we pray, forgive our sins, forgive our doubt, and renew our hope so that we may receive the fullness of your grace and live in the light and the truth of Christ our Lord. We give you thanks that in asking we receive your grace and know we are forgiven. Prepare your way in us, O Lord, that we may rejoice and be glad when your reign of glory comes through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord gives us gifts and enables us to share our talents and our wealth for the enrichment of the whole congregation. At this time, we present ourselves and our offerings that we bring to be useful to each other and to God. For those of you listening at home, if you want to send your tithes or offerings in, it's PCC, Box 2128, Costa Mesa, 92628. At this time, we receive the tithes and offerings.
In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. typo. She was reading, and, and you read beautifully. Thank you very much. And you guys are sounding amazing, right? I get a round of applause for this. This is just, it's fun to be back into the Advent, right? Arrival. Um, she actually read n- not verses 39 through 44. She read 26 through 33 of Luke chapter 1, and my sermon this morning is based upon Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38, 
So she did half of my reading for you, for us. And as a, a proud C-plus student, that's amazing. Uh, we are, I'm going to... Do you remember what she read? I do, too. She did a good job reading it. So I'm just going to read those next couple verses... And we'll share a little bit about what God has for us this morning in his word. Um, picking up in verse 34 of chapter 1 of Luke. Mary said to the angel, because remember the angel has just said, you're going to give birth to a, a son, and that son is going to be the king of a kingdom that will have no end. Mary replies to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child will be born, the, the child to be born will be holy, and he will be called Uyath. Hotheos, son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her who is said to be barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. The doulos, the slave of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. This is the word of the Lord. Since it is festival of carols, I'll make it brief. Brief but amazing. That's what my old pastor would always say. My old boss would always say, get up there and be brief but amazing. And I was always doing announcements and that kind of thing, but this time I'm doing the, this is the, this, now I'm doing the sermon, you know. Um, first, this text is cosmic, right? Angels. There's forces at work that are unseen that are more powerful than the forces that we see, right? That's kind of an underlying, like, subtext of this story. There's stuff going on in the heavenly realms. This angel shows up to Mary, and then it's really earthy. Right? Um, as far as angels, from the start, the reader is prepared by Luke to see in Jesus something far more than a Davidic king. That's a quote from commentator Johnson. And then we meet Mary and interject Mary and Elizabeth. Actually, we meet Mary and then we meet Elizabeth. Um, interject my sermons about how amazing women are, right? Have you ever heard me say anything about that? Okay, good. You're listening. Okay, wake up. Wake up, people. I know it's cold in here. People keep giving me stuff about how cold it is. I'm a large man, okay? If it's warm, I'm going to fall asleep. So bear with me. Start wearing your coats. Start bringing your beanies to church. Okay, Mary and Elizabeth. First, Mary. Um, verse 28. The angels in the Greek say, Keri kek karitemene. Keri kek kek teneme. My Greek is a little rusty. <laughs> but I read in the commentaries that the alliteration in those Greek words is untranslatable into the English. That's where we get, that's where the Catholic, the Roman Catholic Church gets Hail Mary, full of grace. Protestants classically make a, they, they make a, a mistake of underestimating Mary. I think Roman Catholics, they step overboard and make a little too much out of Mary. I want us as followers of Jesus at this local outpost of God's kingdom to realize Mary is phenomenal. 
One translation, the Passion Translation, it ends this whole text with Mary saying, okay, I will be the mother of God. What? No, it's not a joke. (laughs) That's what she is. And the angel shows up, and the first thing out of the angel's mouth is, Hail to you, grace dispenser. Mother of grace. No no wonder the Roman Catholic Church gets the understanding you can go to Mary and receive grace because the angels somehow think the same thing. So Mary, we, we need to boost her up in here, right? Yes or no? Okay, good, me too. Okay. You see Mary's faith. Notice I'm, I'm hitting on the gas pedal. There's all this stuff written down here. But you see Mary's faith. Mary's faith is, is, is that which rivals Abraham's on the mount ready to sacrifice Isaac. Because what does it mean for her to go around with a child claiming that she, she, was immaculate, she has a child that was immaculate conceived, immaculately conceived? She had no she had no idea whether she was going to live or die. She had no idea whether she was going to encounter pain. But you see her step up to the plate and say, "Yes, I have faith. I have faith and I I will do as you say, Lord." And then Elizabeth, Mary and Elizabeth, both. I'll I'll talk more next week about how they're cousins, because I like that fact, too. Um, But here's a quote. Here's a quote from that same commentator, I believe. Yeah. Both are stories of God's initiatives. That's Mary and Elizabeth. And power. God's initiative of grace and power, sorry. Of grace in that what is soon to happen will express God's favor toward the world. Of power in that God can, God can work through the unable. An old couple and an unmarried girl. That's our first application. He not only can but he does. We see in this story that God loves the broken. God loves the misfit. God loves the wounded. And in not he, he, this is his plan A. His plan A is to, to work through this couple that's way past their prime and have a son and work through this teenage girl in a world that teenage girls aren't really listened to. That's his plan A to bring the Messiah. How do I? I'll make the little step and then backtrack to the text. How do you apply that? What do you read in that text about the God we serve? There's a place for you and I, right? I confused Danny, but you following? Yeah, who's playing music? It's the kids? Oh, right on. Cornell for next week or two weeks from now. That's a beautiful backdrop. What was it saying? Something about Jesus, right? Something about Jesus, you fill in the bank. He loves you and me. He loves the misfits. He loves the outcasts. He loves trumping the impossible with his power. Do you remember a couple weeks ago I said, my call at this place changed. My call at Presbyterian Church of the Covenant changed a couple months ago. I was preparing for a sermon, and in that sermon I quoted from a commentator and the commentator said, 
God loves to call us to impossible things so that our faith and through our faith we'll see the impossible circumstances begin to change by his power. Do you remember that? That's why I'm here. This story of Mary and Elizabeth is why I'm here. And hopefully it's why you're here too. God's to use us to transform this world. And if you look around, it looks impossible. But just like the impossible truth that a teenage girl brought the Savior into the world, Presbyterian Church of the Covenant has the infinite power of God at its back and working through it. And nothing is impossible when that's true. Amen? Okay, I'll keep cruising. And then you get the main heart of the text. And I think N.T. Wright nails this. He says, Mary is the supreme example of what happens when God is at work by grace through human beings. God's power from the outside and the indwelling of the spirit within together result in things being done which would have been unthinkable in any other way. What does he mean by that? What is he saying? He's saying the text, the text lays it out straight in front of us. Overshadowed by the power of the Father. Who's been alive in the last couple weeks? (laughs) Around here. Have you noticed anything in the weather strange? I've noticed things that I've never seen before. That's another sermon. But the other day I came home from work. It was around four in the afternoon. And I was sitting on, and I lived pretty close to the beach. And it was sunny. And then 15 seconds later, I was surrounded by clouds. Has anybody else had that experience lately, wherever you're at? There's this cloud thing that's happening all the time. My dad lives out in Riverside and he says, we haven't seen the sun. Get rid of the cloud. Anyway, but that's another sermon. The, the clouds totally surrounded me. That's the text that the angel is, is, is saying to Mary. And it's alluding to the Exodus event where God in the day showed up as a cloud and at night a pillar of fire. Do you remember that? That's the same thing. You, you and I are enveloped overshadowed, surrounded. If I had time, I would pull each of you up and we would circle around as a church and we would, like, actually, let's do it with one person. You stand up right here. Everybody hustle. As many people who can move surround this girl. In a circle, in a circle. Perfect. I'm going to start here. We're going to go this way. Is this clockwise or counterclockwise? Who cares? You're going to go Mike and then Malia, and then it's going to go around. And we're going to say, you are loved. Go. You are loved. You are loved. Okay. Then we could go around for all of eternity, and that wouldn't even begin to like, do a shadow of how much God loves us. Excellent. Everybody back. Round of applause for our contestants. I don't know what that means. Uh, But what I'm saying is we're surrounded. We're surrounded. Picture each of you in the middle of that circle. But instead of people, it's God. The creator of the universe. The creator of those whales that are so beautiful that are swimming up and down our coast. The creator of the Pacific Ocean. The thinker up of of trees. That majestic being is circling you. And it's not because of anything you've done. And it's not any magic words you've said. It's because he's made you. He loves you. He adores you. You're surrounded. And then, what else? Given the Spirit. Indwelt with the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. The Ruach that, that hovered over the ocean at the, the dawn of time, 
that Holy Spirit power indwells us. How do we apply this? I think that the last one's the easiest. We're about to have chicken soup. Right? Yes or no, Kathy Byrne? Are you, she's probably cooking the soup. But every time you drink or eat something warm, be reminded of the truth that the spirit of the living God, the Holy Spirit, is what drives you and is at your core. That's who you are. It doesn't matter what everyone else says. It doesn't matter what anyone says. The spirit of the living God is your core and dwells within you. And as you, this just right after the service, as you take a sip of that warm soup, as it goes down, oh man. Anybody been ice fishing? Okay, I won't use that story. <laughs> Somebody was angry over there. No, I've never been ice fishing. Okay, drop it. Anyway, it's really cold, and you drink hot cocoa, and it warms up your soul from the inside out. That was my story. That was my illustration. The same way the Holy Spirit changes from the inside out. Application number two, you're surrounded. You may have think, like, sometimes, I don't know about you, but sometimes I think I've, I've gone too far. I'm outside. Is that true or false? False. Surrounded. Picture those moments when you've been surrounded by that cloud lately. It feels like you could run forever and you're, you're in it still. And the third, the first one I mentioned, he loves working with misfits. He loves working with C-plus students like myself. He loves using his power to change impossible to just another day of his glory. Amen. We're going to move towards the table. And I'm going to wait for Sharon to show up, up here. And um, just a few words about, actually, I'll let you say a few words. Okay. In Psalm 130, we read, I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than those that watch for the morning, more than those that watch for the morning. Advent is a time for waiting, and even though Jesus was born many years ago, each year we have the opportunity to again anticipate with wonder his birth. As we approach the communion table, it has even more meaning during this Advent time because we celebrate the why of his coming. He was born to give his life for us. And so we come to the table with thanksgiving to God for his indescribable gift. The table is set. Christ is present. You are invited to come to the table. Will you pray with me? You are holy, O God of majesty, and blessed is Jesus Christ, your Son. Born of Mary, he shares our life, eating with sinners. He welcomes us. Guiding his children, he leads us. Visiting the sick, he heals us. Dying on the cross, he saves us. Risen from the dead, he gives us new life. Living with you, he prays for us. We rejoice that in his dying and rising again, you set before us the sure promise of new life, the certain hope of a heavenly home where we will sit at table with Christ, our host. Gracious God, pour out your Holy Spirit upon us, this bread, this cup, 
these people, Christ's body and blood given in love for the world. Make us one in the Spirit, one in the Church, and one with Christ our Lord. Make us gentle, joyful, thankful people, serving our neighbors, worshiping you alone. Keep us in the peace of Christ until you gather us at your table in glory. Even now a voice is crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Let us respond. Through Christ, with Christ, in Christ, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor are yours, almighty God, forever and ever. Amen. On the night that he was betrayed, our Lord gathered with his followers. And after giving thanks, he took bread and he said, This is my body, broken for you, for the forgiveness of sins. Take, eat, and do so in remembrance of me. And today we say, take. Eat, all of you, in remembrance. If you would take your little wafer out of your pod and... Got it. Take and eat. And in the same way, after giving thanks, he he lifted up the cup. And he said, this is a cup of the new covenant. My blood shed the forgiveness of your sins. And as Paul later adds the words to the Corinthian people, he says, as often as we, that's us, PCC, and it's people all around the world, as often as we, this church family and the church family, capital C, gather around this table and eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim that our sins are forgiven. And we also proclaim he's coming back for each and every one of us. So, open your... The cup of Christ shed for the forgiveness of your sins. Join me in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful spirit, we praise you for this table. We praise you for this morning. We praise you for the truth that a couple thousand years ago you, you did first arrive. And who knows, it could be within our lifetime that you arrive again. I pray that through this worship service this morning and through this table this morning, you would strengthen us. You would embolden us. You would heal the innermost parts of us. You would weave us together as your family And I pray that you would equip us that we might bring more people to the understanding that you absolutely adore them. And all God's people said, Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. 
Sit down. Everybody stand up again. I'm about to send us out here with a benediction. That was awesome, right? And I feel like it's family time. Ground of applause for these guys and also the Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for sending your son. Um, got a, one prayer request that I want to be knocking on the doors of heaven as a family. Uh, former pastor of PCC, Tim McCalment, has been diagnosed with prostate cancer and will be having surgery this Friday. Tim and Ruth are asking for our prayers and expecting a healthy recovery, right? Will you promise with me to pray for our brother, the predecessor, the guy who officiated over my wife and I's wedding? Yes? Yes. Okay, excellent. It's all a mixed bag, too, right? We're family. We're praying for surgery. We're also celebrating people. Rob, it's your birthday, right? Thank you. Ba-boom. 
It's also his son's birthday later this week. Everybody on three, just say happy birthday as loud as you can. One, two, three. Happy birthday! Okay, on that note, I'm going to send you out with a benediction. Nope, we're not going to sing. <laughs> but hopefully you can continue this family vibe and we'll just move over to the fellowship hall and enjoy some soup and some fellowship. We'll be here doing a postlude. Okay. The violin will be here on postlude. I like that. But for now, let's receive this morning's benediction. May God's face shine upon you. May the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit guard and keep you. And may the peace of Christ, the shalom, the wholeness, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds today, tomorrow, and forevermore. May it be so. Amen.